It's Monday, November 20th. Welcome to the President's Daily Brief. I'm Mike Baker, your eyes and ears on the world stage. Let's get briefed. In today's PDB, President Biden lays out his vision for the future of Gaza as the war takes its toll on his approval ratings. Later, Israel and Hamas appear on the verge of striking a deal to release the hostages or some of the hostages, and we provide an update on the Israeli capture of Al-Shifa Hospital. Finally, in the back of the brief, Australia and China may be on a collision course after the Chinese Navy targets Australian divers with sonar pulses. But first up, the PDB Spotlight. Despite President Biden's flagging approval ratings, he doesn't appear ready to change course in Gaza just yet. In a recent Washington Post op-ed, President Biden reaffirmed his position that a temporary ceasefire in Gaza isn't a viable solution and emphasized that an outcome that would leave Hamas in control of the Palestinian enclave is unacceptable. President Biden, along with top U.S. officials, are now reviving discussions about working toward a two-state solution for governing Gaza that would put the Palestinian Authority at the helm. Biden wrote, quote, As we strive for peace, Gaza and the West Bank should be reunited under a single governance structure, ultimately under a revitalized Palestinian Authority, as we all work toward a two-state solution, end quote. Now, as we've reported here on the PDB in recent weeks, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has already thrown cold water on the idea of the Palestinian Authority governing post-war Gaza. That stance is unlikely to change anytime soon, especially after this weekend's statement by the Palestinian Authority, the PA, in which they accused Israel of massacring its own civilians on October 7th and fabricating evidence against Hamas to justify its attack on Gaza. Now, look, it's, it's one thing for wild-eyed conspiracy theorists roaming through the social media wasteland to claim that Israel massacred its own civilians in order to attack Hamas. Look, that's expected behavior from the tinfoil hat crowd. But for the governing body of the West Bank to push the same narrative, now that's more disconcerting. The U.S. has been suggesting for weeks that the Palestinian Authority, led by Mahmoud Abbas, should take uh, leadership in Gaza when the conflict ends. Now, Netanyahu, having already signaled Israel's objection to that idea, he noted that the PA hasn't even condemned the 7 October slaughter by Hamas. And if the PA decides that it's a good look to continue suggesting that Israel faked the 7 October massacre in order to justify targeting Hamas, well, that's probably not a pathway to a resolution involving the PA. And adding to the complexity, as if the situation needed to be any more complex, President Biden has said his administration is planning to issue visa bans against Israelis. Now, the idea is, and this is a quote, he stated, I've been emphatic with Israel's leaders that extremist violence against Palestinians in the West Bank must stop, and those committing the violence must be held accountable. All right, this is a fair and pragmatic point being raised by the White House unequivocally supporting Israel and the IDF to deal with Hamas in the wake of 7 October, that's correct. But the administration is also correct in calling out violence by settlers that, that does nothing but inflame passions in the West Bank against a long-term peace. Meanwhile, the ongoing war continues to eat away at President Biden's approval numbers. The latest national NBC News poll shows Biden's approval rating is currently at the lowest point of his presidency. It's only 
40%. Notably, Biden's loss of support primarily comes from his base. Among Democrats, there's a growing belief that Israel's military actions in Gaza have been excessive, and this sentiment is particularly strong among young voters aged 18 to 34, where a staggering 70% disapprove of Biden's handling of the war, and also where 100% have not had to deal with the direct threat of terrorism against them and their families. I made up that 100% number, but you get my point. Now, compounding the problem for Biden is the fact that for the first time, he's trailing former President Donald Trump in a hypothetical general election matchup. This shift could intensify calls within an element of the Democratic Party for the president to step aside for a younger, possibly more progressive candidate to carry the Democrat banner in 2024. All right, when we come back, potential good news on the horizon for hundreds of Israelis held hostage by Hamas and an update on Israel's capture of Al-Shifa Hospital. I'll be right back. When looking at today's financial environment, it's clear that we're experiencing concerning economic shifts that could impact your retirement savings. We've got stubborn inflation, soaring interest rates, and astronomical debt that could drain their value. Now, the good news is that there is a time-tested way to protect your financial future, and that's gold and silver. American Hartford Gold can ship physical precious metals right to your door, or you can store your precious metals in a tax and penalty-free gold IRA. American Hartford Gold can help shield your wealth from this economic turbulence. Analysts predict that gold is set to hit all-time highs. If you've got retirement funds that you can't afford to lose, now is the time to call American Hartford Gold. They'll show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. With amazing customer service and a buyback commitment, they pride themselves on top-tier products, great customer service, and a commitment to customer satisfaction. American Hartford Gold has earned a five-star rating from thousands of reviews and an A-plus from the Better Business Bureau. Use the promo code PDB, and they'll give you up to $5,000 of free silver on your first order. So call 866-292-2990 or text PDB to 998899. Again, that's 866-292-2990 or text PDB to 998899. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Welcome back. With every day that passes, hopes for the safe release of the hundreds of hostages currently being held by Hamas well, seem to fade just a little bit more. However, today there's some long-awaited good news on that front, as negotiations between Israel and Hamas appear to have reached a breakthrough. According to reports, talks are advancing towards a potential deal promising the release of numerous hostages in exchange for a ceasefire and the freedom of Palestinian detainees from Israeli jails. According to the Washington Post, insiders claim that a tentative deal is in place. The deal proposes releasing a large group of women and children, while Hamas will receive a five-day halt in the conflict as part of the deal. 
Now, this deal was brokered with the help of Qatar. No surprise, as Qatar has been the central mediator throughout this conflict. According to the Qatari government, only slight issues remain unresolved in the negotiations between Hamas and Israel, mostly practical and logistical. The situation remains tense for the hostages. Hamas alleges that up to 30 have been killed due to Israeli strikes in recent weeks. While that number has been impossible to verify, just this weekend, the bodies of two female hostages were recovered by Israeli troops in Gaza. Now, so far, only four hostages have been returned in two separate releases since October 7th, while another was rescued. An estimated 239 individuals from 26 countries are reportedly still being held by Hamas and Palestinian Islamic Jihad. Among those still being held are at least nine Americans, including a three-year-old whose parents were murdered on the 7th of October. All right, I wanted to provide an update on the Israeli capture of Al-Shifa Hospital in Gaza City, which has, over the past couple of weeks, become a focal point in this war. Palestinian authorities and humanitarian agencies continue to claim that the fighting around Al-Shifa, the largest hospital in the Gaza Strip, is a clear sign that Israel has a disregard for the lives of civilians. They're calling the hospital a, quote, death zone ever since it got caught up in the conflict. Now, on the flip side, Israel's been pointing fingers at Hamas, saying they're using the hospital, as they do a variety of other civilian buildings and facilities, to house or shield command centers and weapon stockpiles. Back in October, they accused Hamas of firing rockets and running military ops from bunkers underneath the hospital, which reportedly connect to a whole maze of Hamas-built tunnels under Gaza City, known as the Gaza Metro. Now, since the IDF took control of Al-Shifa last week, the IDF has made a concerted effort to show the world that Hamas has indeed been using the facility. I thought it would be useful to quickly run down some of the evidence that they've provided so far. First off, they've released a number of videos, and they've invited the press in to display the stash of guns, grenades, ammo, and body armor that they found within the complex, much of which were discovered in the hospital's MRI unit. Adding to that, the Israeli Defense Forces, the IDF, dropped new footage just yesterday that they say shows a Hamas tunnel right there at Al-Shifa, tucked away under a garage in the hospital complex. And in a disturbing turn, the IDF found the bodies of two of their own, including a young soldier right in the same neighborhood as the hospital. Israel's blaming Hamas for killing the 19-year-old soldier inside Al-Shifa's walls. The IDF has noted that they will be providing further evidence as they continue to clear the very large hospital compound and identify tunnel access points. The Israeli government knows that the bulk of international pressure has been around the hospital fighting in recent days, and they understand that they need to be as transparent as possible in presenting evidence of their claims that Hamas operated within and underneath the hospital grounds. But they're also engaged in an ongoing military conflict. So while they understand the public relations impact of providing further evidence, they also need to continue clearing territory and facilities as they engage Hamas fighters. Okay, coming up in the back of the brief. There's trouble brewing in the Far East, as Australia says its Navy divers were injured by the Chinese Navy, and America says farewell to First Lady Rosalind Carter. I'll be right back. 
As the nation gears up for another election season, tune to the first TV for the best coverage on television. Get an exclusive inside look at the American political machine with Sean Spicer at 7. Unmatched analysis and historical perspective from Bill O'Reilly at 8. Then a bold, unapologetic take from Jesse Kelly at 9. It's must-see TV in primetime every night on the first TV. Watch the first on DirecTV Channel 347, UVerse Channel 1220, or DirecTV Stream. America is on trial. Join me, Josh Hammer, as we examine the presidential election through the only lens that truly matters, the legal proceedings of Donald Trump and the Biden crime family. This new daily podcast examines breaking news and analyzes the biggest questions facing the country. Can the former president, Donald Trump, get a fair trial? Can Trump be disqualified from the ballot? Can Joe Biden pardon his son, Hunter? Can Trump even pardon himself? We cover all the action every morning. Listen to America on Trial wherever you download your favorite podcasts. In today's Back of the Brief, tension flares up between China and Australia with a group of Aussie Navy divers recovering from sonar pulse injuries, courtesy of a Chinese warship. The incident unfolded last week in the international waters within Japan's exclusive economic zone. Australian divers were busy untangling nets from their ship's propellers when a Chinese destroyer entered the scene. Now, despite clear warnings from the Australian Navy about its divers below, the Chinese vessel acknowledged but then still closed in, cranking up its sonar. The divers had to bail out, likely with their ears ringing from the encounter. Now, for those wondering, sonar waves are serious business underwater. They pack a punch that could really ring a diver's bell. No pun intended. It could cause everything from ear ringing to hearing loss or worse, eardrum damage. It's serious business when sonar is at play. Australia is slamming the move as, quote, unsafe and unprofessional, while China's keeping mum on the matter. This high seas drama adds another layer to the already chilly relations between the two nations. They've been trying to mend a relationship that's been frosty for the past couple of years. And finally, I wanted to mention the passing of former First Lady Rosalind Carter, wife of former President Jimmy Carter. She died yesterday afternoon at the age of 96. President Carter, now aged 99, and Mrs. Carter, married in 1946. Look, they were married for 77 years, which in itself is amazing. She and President Carter devoted their years after leaving the White House in 1981 to public service. She led a good and honorable life, as has her husband. Godspeed. And finally, also, I should mention that today is President Biden's 81st birthday. And he'll mark the day in part by continuing the annual tradition of the president pardoning a couple of Thanksgiving turkeys. Liberty and Bell, this year's lucky recipients of the White House pardon, have made their way to D.C. and and will meet with Biden during a ceremony tomorrow. No word from the White House as to what they'll talk about. In case you're wondering, this tradition dates back to the Lincoln administration. And that, my friends, is the president's daily brief for Monday, 20 November. If you have any questions or comments, reach out to me at pdb at thefirsttv.com. I'm Mike Baker. I'll be back later today with the PDB Afternoon Bulletin. Until then, stay informed, stay safe, stay cool.